0: Hey there, this is Justin. You're listening to Island Boy on Anchor FM. We all know that times are changing. This is it. We're doing it. We're doing a reading from my public journal called Island Boy, and I thought it'd be fun to have a recording of it. I know some people would prefer to just sit and read it on their own, but some people would rather have it on in the background, maybe while they're doing some chores around the house and doing what have you. Perhaps they're watering the garden or watering the lawn or letting the baby out for a walk. I don't know what adults do generally, but what I've been doing for the past several weeks is putting putting pen to page and filling my public journal with different essays that have been edited by uh, a lot of terrific terrific writers from Prince Edward Island they've been a great help with me organizing my thoughts and my feelings into into one place to share all the stories that I have to tell. And I'd like to give a big, big thank you to Eddie Quinn of the Fiddler Sons. I called him up several weeks ago and said, Eddie, I would love for listeners and people who hear the stories I have to tell, I would love for them to feel the same way they feel when they hear your music. And he said, well, you might want to raise the bar a bit higher. Eddie's always so humble with his work he's got such a terrific distinct island sound such rich east coast traditions found in his work with the fiddler sons and i'm so so thrilled that i get to share some of his music on this broadcast this entry is about my father blair shaw I grew up in New Perth, Prince Edward Island, which is a little area just outside of Cardigan, Prince Edward Island, which is a little area in Kings County, which is in itself a little county in a little province. It just keeps getting smaller and smaller. But the more you hone in on these small towns, these small regions, you realize they're filled with a great big heart. And for me, the person with the biggest heart would have to be my dad. And that's a heart that reaches not just his family that he supports, but also the family of horses he raises in his barn. And this is an ever-changing team of horses. Uh, he'll keep a, keep a team for a few weeks or a few months at a time, but he's recently taken to, uh, uh, to horse breeding. So the horses will actually make more horses. A pretty, pretty interesting Ponzi scheme there, Dad. I think, uh, I think there's money in it. So good. God bless. So this is a story I wrote about him and his early ventures in, in horse breeding uh, based on a recent trip home. This is called The Secret Language. I stopped by the windy hill to see where I was raised in a house above a field where my grandfather's cattle grazed. the Dad rose from his chair to put the kettle on the stove. Now that old man has seen a lot of snows. Every time I return home to visit my parents in New Perth, Prince Edward Island, I can't help but marvel at how much feels the same. The feeling of trust and comfort from the security of home is so infectious, I even catch myself slipping into the same old habits. Growing up, it was my self-appointed responsibility to check the missed messages on the phone. It was a classic wall mount with a, a cord about as long as our driveway, and then I would report back to the family on any missed calls. And despite having moved out over a decade ago, upon entering my family home, I still checked the phone. Any calls, Mom would ask, indulging the routine. Probably someone calling about a horse, I'd reply. It's important to make the distinction between things being the same and feeling the same. Truth be told, Dad has performed so many renovations on the house in the past number of years, the only thing that's the same is the name on our mailbox. And even the mailbox has experienced the occasional facelift from year to year. Every time I pass by that mailbox and make the quarter-kilometer venture down the road to my parents' house, I remember that feeling of trust and comfort is maintained by a language of love that extends beyond words. I became more acutely aware of this language the last time I visited home. Dad picked me up at the airport and was driving me from Charlottetown back to New Perth. It's about a solid hour of driving, and the time goes by quicker as we catch up on the ride. My first question for him is always, how many you got now? Our relationship as father and son has reached such a rapport of common code that I don't even need to mention what I'm referring to. After a brief contemplative beat of him quietly counting under his breath, he replies, got six up in the barn now. Might be eight by the end of the week if I make it to Nova Scotia my father, the horse dealer. It's a fundamental truth of the Shaw household that dad always has horses in the barn. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of how many. The household was built upon a collection of assumed truths, such as, one, the length of my morning walk down the lane to the school bus would never get any shorter, no matter how much I complained about it. Two, A hush would always fall over the kitchen as mom turned up the radio to listen to the day's funeral announcements. Three, if dad ever needed to be found, odds are he was probably in the barn with his horses. As we pulled through the Tim Hortons' drive through dad added, Oh, did I say six? Uh, I meant seven. The man was so deep in the game he couldn't even keep the count off the top of his head. We got one new just recently. When, I asked. Well, this morning. Now, how on earth would he have time to buy another horse and swing into Charlottetown to pick me up at the airport before noon? When we got home, he took me to the barn, and I found my answer. Still struggling to stand was a newborn filly latching at her mother for the first time. With a quiet smile, Dad watched the filly and the mare the same way he undoubtedly watched them the whole night through. Then, with a soft sigh, he said, we call her lady. When you spend your entire childhood with some of the most powerful animals on earth living in your barn and the largest man you've ever known raising them, there was little need to worry about the security of your home. It became a detail of life that I took for granted for many years. And I would feel ignorant at times when I'd tell friends about the kind of childhood I'd had. I'd see the reaction of wonder in their eyes as the word horses left my mouth. Coming home and seeing my dad watch over Lady and her mother, it became clearer why I took them for granted. Because I was safe. I felt little push nor need to question the invisible comfort that surrounded my home in the form of my father and his horses. The horses protected us, and he protected them. I've asked my dad many, many times why he raises horses, and the closest thing to a straight answer I can get from him is because his dad did. Were his dad alive, I'd wager he might say the same thing. The choice to march to the barn every day to see the horses is born out of a language of love, an agreed-upon routine of unspoken compassion. Part of the choice is knowing that he wants to see them. The other part is knowing that they want to see him too. As I unpacked my bags after I checked the phone, Mom told me that Dad had taken a keen interest in horse breeding. It seemed like the logical lateral move for a horse dealer. Why go out and buy more horses when he can just have them make more themselves? After no less than 300 generations of barn cats that have come and gone, I'm surprised it took dad that long to even consider the idea of breeding. Mom revealed it was actually an incredibly difficult decision to pursue this venture. The mare that had given birth that morning was the second from the season. The first had died giving birth, and the new filly went with it. The choice to continue in the practice was not one that was made lightly. The death of a family member weighs heavy on the heart and that of a pet heavy on the soul. But for the like of a 15-hand-tall mother and her babe, it is heavier than heaven. I couldn't help but think about the grief that must have weighed on my dad's shoulders. I also couldn't help but think for all that we talked about that day on the drive home, he never mentioned it once. I can only consider whether it was because he didn't want me to feel the weight of his grief or he didn't want to relive the experience. The vet apparently didn't charge a cent to remove the bodies. But it cost Dad a broken heart. Grief is the price of love. With the success of Lady and her mother surviving the night, Dad knew having more horses would require more space. Much like the house or the mailbox, the barn was often renovated or reconstructed to accommodate the ever-increasing number of horses. After unpacking, I went outside and watched as Dad hammered down the poles to a new fence. The gears of his mind were well at work. Dad's latest expansion would lead Lady and her mother into a fresh patch of grass near Mom's garden. The garden featured Mom's usual team of tomatoes and beans. And between the drills, she had expertly placed a large plastic owl. That's for keeping out the skunks and raccoons, winked Mom, perhaps thinking the creatures of the night to mistake the wise owl for a flightless bird. As Lady and her mother grazed in the new expansion of the field, I noticed the fence was only marked off with rope, not wire. I asked why, and Dad replied, no harm, just wanted the pair to have some fresh grass. What luxury they were afforded. I often tease Dad that he loves the horses more than his own son. Always a Clydesdale, never a Clyde, I joke. He never laughs at that. Not because it's untrue, but because he knows that I know good and well that he raises Percheron's. That ought to do, said Dad, as he hammered in the last of his poles. Then, as if on cue, the mother horse ducked under the rope of the fence and into the yard. I could swear I almost heard her giggle as the nylon of the rope tickled her back as she made her grand escape. Somewhat perplexed by her mother's actions, Lady, only a few hours old, was still only hardwired to mimic her mother. If mother eats, Lady eats. If mother drinks, lady drinks. If mother springs like Steve McQueen, lady was sure to be right behind her. Lady and her mother made their way to mom's garden and helped themselves to the tomato lunch special. Apparently horses aren't afraid of land owls. Mom ran to the barn for the grain bucket in an effort to lure the horses back to the barn. At this time, I was faced with yet another fundamental truth of the Shaw household dad doesn't run he is a man of large stature like a brick house solid and sure he moves with the sustained pace of a man who only moves when he absolutely has to not to be mistaken for lazy he simply knew if he had to move it had to be for a good reason the horses knew that too At this point, I was beginning to feel pretty useless. My Bachelor of Arts probably wasn't going to be much help in this situation. I looked out at the length of the driveway and realized what might have been a long walk for a whiny six-year-old would only make for a brief sprint to the highway for the pair of horses. As Dad made his way to the barn, I tried to block off the front of the driveway, perhaps thinking that my frame would somehow be enough to stop them from leaving the property. The the land owl might have been more equipped than I was. The horses, however, took quick notice of Dad's careful steps towards them. Not needing any warning, they obediently walked back to the barn, very aware of their transgression. Sensing the mother horse may have been somewhat agitated, Dad pulled her back outside to calm her nerves. I stood from afar, witnessing a meeting of the minds, From one parent to another in the blazing sun of July. He stroked her mane carefully as she grew less and less restless. Now what you go and do that for? He asked her quietly and non rhetorically. He asked as if she might have an answer. And for all I know, she did. But it wasn't for me to know. It was their language. It takes a strong hand and a gentle heart to raise horses. Every time I come home, I discover how lucky our family is to have been raised the same way. The feeling of comfort and security of home has been maintained by a private language of love supported by gesture and compassion. Whether it's spoken or not, we always know it when we feel it. He's earned this peace of mind, being honest, fair, and kind. They take a life to learn half what he knows. Yeah, my old man has seen a lot of snow. Yeah, my old man has seen a lot of snows. Once again, that was The Secret Language that was published on July the 12th. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this uh, this journal entry. Big thank you to Eddie Quinn of the Fiddler Sons for sharing his music with this uh, with this broadcast. It's really appreciated. I really wanted uh, that distinct Eddie Quinn Fiddler Sons sound to come off the page with these entries. So he was kind enough to share his music uh, for the sake of this program. So thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you to the Fiddler Sons, and thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more on Island Boy.